Welcome to China Manufacturing Decoded from Sophist, the podcast where we take you through the major news and topics facing importers and manufacturers in China and Asia today. Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of China Manufacturing Decoded, our podcast that comes out once a week. I'm Renaud Angeron and uh, joining me today is Andrew Armenovin. Hey, how are you doing, Andrew? Very good. Um, uh, good to be here again, uh, Renaud. It's been a while, so yeah, uh, nice to talk to you again. Cool. Yeah, thanks for joining. Yeah, for for those who don't know, so Andrew is uh, is, is is part of the the, the team here at Sophist. He's the head of new product development, and his um, his main uh, how to say. Uh, expertise and past experiences are around uh, reliability engineering and quality management. Uh, is is it fair to say this way? Yes, it is actually. That, thank you very much. Yeah, uh, my uh, over twenty years of experience has been pretty much on quality, reliability, and uh, testing, manufacturing, and so basically, I've been uh, I've been everywhere uh, trying to learn uh, more about uh, how to manufacture products uh, in a high quality, high reliability way, all the way from design and development to shipping product. Right, right. And Andrew worked with pretty large companies, including uh, Nokia, AT&T, LG, uh, Medtronic, and, 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 and so on. Okay, so the, the, the topic of, of today is we basically... We keep helping our clients, you know, oh, you, you're looking for this kind of PCBA supplier. Oh, you're looking for that kind of display supplier. Oh, you look, okay, like this is a, this is a good one versus this one is not so good, right? Uh, but then <laughs> what exactly does that mean? Uh, you know, a good factory versus a bad factory in general, I kind of, get to think about this a bit over the weekend and and also since we have our own uh, contract manufacturing facility you know what, what we've been doing a lot of a lot of things putting in place a lot of systems to, you know uh, trying to 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 get the right teams in place with the right competencies and so on and i was thinking well it's it's really the same you know it kind of all boils down to three things that are very very important and if you get these three things right well, you're going to have good quality, you know, uh, no surprises on cost, reliable uh, delivery times. Um, you know, if, if, uh, if safety might be an issue, uh, safety of, of, of people, but also safety of customers, yeah, this also is, is um, it's going to be better if the factory is, is better managed. But what does it mean really to have a well-managed factory, right? And so... I jotted down three three key uh, elements. So it's it's like a stool, and you need the three legs, right? And if one of the legs is missing or two of the legs are missing, then it's it is is not going to work well, basically, right? So if I if I if I give a very quick overview, and then we we can go into each of the three elements. The the first one is the management system, you know, from the top of the company, the role of the person that people see as the boss and you know how, what what they observe and then what what management systems go all the way through the organization and really uh 
Yeah, that, that I mean, without that, you're gonna you're gonna keep having short people taking shortcuts and 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 uh, all, all kinds of issues. So that's the the first one. The management system has to be really you know effective and and pull people in working in a certain way. The second one is about manufacturing itself and the, the processes, manufacturing processes. And if you if you work with maybe an assembly supplier. Uh, you also need to look at the second tier, third tier suppliers, you know, the sub suppliers, because it's all the way through the supply chain. Uh, but but the, the, there are a lot of things that that must be done to ensure that uh, the manufacturing processes are consistently uh, delivering, you know, the, the, the expected output, right? And and we'll go more into that what what that means. And the third one is a little bit about the art and science of developing new products because yeah some some manufacturers are, are doing great with a product that they developed 10 years ago but uh, how long is that going to last right uh, i really think this is another another leg of the stool and it's not just about making the right kind of products that that really you know uh, resonate with consumers or maybe fix up problem for business customers but it's it's also about how these products are developed and how they are transferred to manufacturing because so many issues come from that it's i mean what what we've seen in uh, in in asia in, in in china in vietnam you know in many cases this is not done well right so we'll um, yeah let, let's go let's go into these three these three legs of the stool one by one. So first is the management system, the effective management system at, at you know in in a factory. I mean, <laughs> whenever there are issues and we start to to look into what happened in that factory and what did it do and what what is it that they should have done and so on. I mean, the more you dig and the more you go down to the root of the you know the the, the root cause of the issues, uh, basically, you know. Issues in a management system are pretty much always a root cause. I mean, would, would you agree with that? We can always go down to that as as the the ultimate root cause of uh, of pretty much all the all the issues. Uh, I I agree in in a way because I think that basically management drives the whole production process, and I think that if management doesn't understand exactly how the production should be running, you run into all kinds of issues i mean it could be from uh just tuning up and and uh, getting the uh equipment running as well as a uh, number of uh, labor and uh, operators right. needed and managers on the line and so i mean things could go really really wrong if the management doesn't have a good handle on tracking the day-to-day operation, day-to-day issues, and and uh, focus on the uh, KPIs in the manufacturing. It is really a very, very critical job when it comes to production and man- you know, mm. manufacturing. The management role is, is the key. Yeah, so basically what to translate a little bit what you said, yeah, if, if you don't have the right number of people, then maybe management is not allocating the right resources to to hire the people and to also to have good hr people to to do that work of uh 
of, of researching, how, you know, evaluating, hiring, and, and ensuring that they are trained, right? Uh, if, if management doesn't pay attention to the right KPIs, then people, you know, when the, whenever there's an issue, people get into these meeting rooms and they, they keep talking for two hours about, oh, but is the full, you know, so the production guy will say, well, you know, is the fault of purchasing because, you know, these, these parts have problems. Also, is the part of, is the fault of planning because we didn't know about that and blah, blah, blah. And we didn't have like some of the, the materials were not ready or something. And then the other guys will say, well, is the fault of, the whatever the salesperson who did not tell us in in time to order or is the time is the fault of the of the supplier blah 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 and it goes round and round so that many yeah. stories on that one and you are right on the ball on <laughs> i mean that is almost uh, a day-to-day thing in many productions that i've heard about or talked about um you you've got exactly that situation you've got daily morning meetings going on and and uh, everyone is coming up, okay, did you fix this? And, and then the, the answer would be, what? And that is right there is the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't know exactly, uh, they don't communicate with each other well, they don't have a good mm-hmm. tra- tracking system, uh, they don't uh, document uh, the issues uh, properly, they don't have trained staff when mm-hmm. they see an issue, what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, they don't implement the ECNs on time until the last minute comes in and they try to implement it uh, because they don't have uh, approval. And then uh, they go for approval. The manager has to approve. He has no idea what that product, you know, he doesn't understand the product. He doesn't understand design. And he has this very important ECN that mm-hmm. he has to, this, this, I'm just describing one day in the life of manufacturing. Oh yeah. And he doesn't understand what he's supposed to be approving. Uh, mm-hmm. So what does he do? Well, you know, he's got a title of director of quality. He has to approve this. And uh, it's going to look bad if he's asked questions. Uh, what is this about? Uh, what is this? How do I do it? You know, how do I know? It? Well, you know what he does? He approves it. And <laughs> here and there, you know, maybe most of the time it would work itself out. That one time it didn't. And then now you have products coming out left and right uh, failing. And then Mm. people are trying to understand what happened. We did everything right. Well, it takes only one person who doesn't know what he's doing or what he's supposed Mm. to be doing. And then all of a sudden the whole chain breaks down. And and this is is the key um, uh, element in production that a lot of people forget. There are so many variables already. Mm. And if the management is one of them, you've got the whole thing. Right? <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So for, for listeners who, who are wondering what ECN is, yeah, it's uh, when there are engineering changes. So when, right. um, for example, the customer might say, well, you know, yeah, we've had this, this issue with that, that, that you know, the, that whatever, that material of that part of the product or something or, or a little issue, okay, we need to add a, a functionality here or a, a fail-safe feature or something. And then uh, it goes into the, the redesign of the product. But then before it's all approved, and then it, it may impact everything, right? So uh, it, it usually has to go through a review. And you're right, if they don't have the, the proper process for approval of the ECN, well, that's an example. Yeah, that's a good example. They're not going to ask 
the maybe the firmware guy and the, the and 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 the PCB design guy and and uh, and the supplier and you know so we're going to change this can you think of what may go wrong okay oh oh this is very tricky it might go okay so how do we do maybe to test it on a small scale or something just to make sure it's okay you know how how do we handle that right what you're saying is that because they don't even know, you know, what the process is, and it just goes uh, straight into somebody's um, somebody's desk for an approval. But all of these reviews have been skipped, and right. they, because they don't have that process, it's not in their systems, right? Yeah, it's a combination of all kinds of things. I mean, it's the process itself, uh, it's the knowledge of the individual trying to approve if he doesn't have technical knowledge. And the process mm-hmm. knowledge, it's going to affect the whole thing, uh, especially if he's not honest in his work. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I'm an individual when I don't know, I will say, I don't know. Hey, I, you put me this mm-hmm. for approval. I'm not going to approve it because I have nothing to, to add to this. I don't know how to do it. Can you approve it because you're technical? I'll pass it on to somebody who knows what they do. We, you shouldn't just mm-hmm. approve something just because your title says that you have to approve it. And I think that, that's just one issue. But then you've got this meeting, people start blaming each other and exactly what you just pointed out. They'll start all the way to customers saying, oh, we don't know what the customer's talking about. Uh, we know for sure that this thing is working. Uh, so then I think it must be the supplier. It might, so they will, they will be discussing things that they don't have any facts, uh, yeah. no process to troubleshoot and get down to the bottom of the issue, no AD document, no AD process. Uh, as you you know, the AD is, is the entire, uh, so I'll let you explain that to the, the listeners. So in general, mm-hmm. what you need is a very well-defined uh, process, but then you also need a management that is knowledgeable and trained uh, exactly for that role and technically capable. And then you've got teams that work with a, together in an honest and cohesive way. It takes only one guy in the team to do the things that he wants his way and then everything will break down. Right, right, yes. Yeah, and you, you yeah. So you, you mentioned AD. So, uh, and really it ties up to, um, yeah, another important topic is, is um, you know, and, and it, it's definitely linked to management systems. Do people know how to solve problems? Because there are problems every day. And what we discussed so far is that they uh, they keep putting out fires, but they don't really want to do the work of going down to the root of the problem and really working on it. And that might have a lot of implications in different, you know, several departments of the factory and so on. Uh, and if, if, if they're not ready to do that, then this factory is never going to really improve, right? So... Mm-hmm back to the ad so there's a number of different approaches to uh, solve problems you know at the root so that they do not recur uh, hd is one of them getting a lot of popularity originally originally i think it's from ford motors company uh, and it's it's a very good tool when you need a very systematic approach that's documented and very easy to share. So typically you, you ask a supplier to fill it out and then you, you can they share it with you and you can comment on that and so on. And it makes a lot of sense, especially when there's been an escape in, in, in quality, right? So it's not like, it's more like corrective action rather than preventive action. It's more like there's been something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, eight disciplines mm-hmm. in, is, is exactly right. You're trying to find the root cause 
of the issue and uh, basically trying to get to the bottom of what is the the real cause. Uh, but, right. but what is cool about AT is that you have a systematic way of doing it. You're, you're almost like a, a Six Sigma process. You're, you're looking at the whole thing um, systematically and looking at all the way from uh, what, why, and who, and yeah. it, where, when, the whole process <laughs> yes. until you get to a point where you can't go further and then you, you root cause the issue. Yes, yes, right. And the, 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 the last thing I want to mention here is that the, the owner, the, the, I don't know, the founder, the person who's created the company really has an enormous influence on the, the kind of behaviors that people tend to, to, to have, tend to follow in, in, in that factory. Um, and if that person, you know, maybe comes from a background where they, they worked in a, in a, in a, in a very, highly organized place and maybe they have a technical background and, and so on and they really understand you know the complexity of running the, the business itself then that and also if they if they if they like the idea of you know working to to rules and not making exceptions not taking shortcuts and so on and he does not let his staff take shortcuts then that has a, a tremendously positive influence right uh, versus the the boss who comes from a sales background doesn't understand anything about operations. He's all about striking deals with the with his suppliers to get a good price and, and with the customers and always chasing you know chasing rabbits as as they say, uh, going out and trying to get some some new customers but not really caring about what actually happens once they have the order. Then that can be a, a really really bad. Uh, really bad supplier to have a really bad factory uh, displaying all of the issues that, that we just mentioned. Does that make sense? It does. It does make sense. I mean, uh, there there are all kinds of individuals uh, that are the founders and their personality, the way they run the business, their education, their background, their skill set, all of that matters mm. how it's going to reflect on the company and the management of the company and the staff. I think that uh, old-fashioned way, of course, you know, the company owners had too much control on the staff and basically mm -hmm. paralyzed uh, the staff on, um, you know, empowerment. You know, staff didn't mm -hmm. know what they had to do. They always had to get approval from the big boss, you know, the owner. And mm -hmm. that really didn't work well in the past. So mm -hmm. we have seen in, in the newer, more modern owners and CEOs, they're more hands-off. They hire the right people, but mm -hmm. then they give them a lot of autonomy and, and empower them to take action. And then they basically uh, start working with the results and instead of you know paralyzing them and uh, innovation and things like that. So yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that how they are going to manage uh, based on their knowledge is going to impact uh, the overall outcome of the uh, quality of the production. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, quality, <laughs> cost, on-time deliveries, and everything. Yes. Exactly. Um, okay, so let's get to the second pillar or the second stool of the, uh, the second leg of the stool, which is really r running manufacturing processes with, let's say, good practices, and and and. <laughs> 
and of course, a lot of this comes from good management systems. But you have some companies that have some good management systems and let's say the, the soft stuff. But whenever it comes to the, the hard skills of actually how to make their, their processes run, it is is no longer very good. So what is really uh, important is to, from from what we've seen and from from discussions with various people, of course, you need competent people. So you need to make sure that they, you know, that they get the the necessary amount of training, of exposure to, uh, you know, to to develop their skills. Of course, you need process controls in place so that uh, when people are working, they know if they're doing it right or they're doing it wrong. <laughs> um, and yeah. whenever it, it's a little bit of a complicated process, um, you know, uh, keeping the, the, the variables that really impact the, the output of the process um, and under control, really communicating, it comes down to communicating with the process and, uh, and, and seeing when, when, when it starts to go a little bit too much off target or what does, there's, there's a high proportion of parts maybe out of tolerance, then there's really, there's really an issue. Uh, and it, you know, there might be some changes in the process, but after that, again, process needs to be under control to, to keep working consistently as, uh, as desired. Um, and that is very tightly linked to preventive maintenance. Because if you want a machine, if you want a piece of equipment to work um, as expected, well, you need to, uh, you need to keep it clean. You need to keep inspecting it. You need to to replace some uh, maybe some some of the parts before they break or before they start being you know eroded or or you know maybe before the blade is no longer sharp, for example, and so on. Um, so it's it's very very tightly linked, of course, process controls and preventive maintenance, um, and then the planning system. I mean, I, I've been to a lot of Chinese factories, and then. When they say, "Oh, um, yeah, we have an ERP system," and, and then you, you you ask, "Okay, so what modules do you use?" Uh, actually, very seldom, except for the the big manufacturers, but very seldom do they actually use the the traditional MRP modules around material control, production control, um, and 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 when you ask to see their system, um, they they seldom even have a good Excel table, you know. Um, which is just amazing. Now, this is getting better, of course, over time. And this is not, not an issue with the very large companies, uh, but a lot of SMEs um, really are struggling with that. So th- th- this is sort of a, a short list of what really makes it possible to, to, um, to run manufacturing processes uh, the, the, the right way, uh, you know, without having constant disruptions, Oh, this equipment is down. Uh, oh, we just found out we have these issues and we we did not even see them coming and, and all kinds of things like that. Does that does that sound right? What do you think? Yeah, totally, totally. I, I think that um as you mentioned, really manufacturing process really is um based on two. One is a documented clear process, but also how do we how could we do this? consistently because if you don't have a process but if you have a process and you don't do it consistently then you still have an issue uh, and each one of those are really an important uh, uh, item to for discussion because first you need a, 
a documented process that is detailed all the way down to actually who does what and how. Mm-hmm. And, then you, and then you need to have, as you mentioned, trained staff that really need to understand and have the technical know-how how to implement that process and procedure exactly how it's documented. Then you mm-hmm. need the management system that actually approves those and the QA system that uh, checks and inspect those processes mm-hmm. and uh, work. And then uh, once you have this whole thing working like a clockwise, then you're going to have a production environment that is going to deliver uh, a, a good quality product on target and on cost and safely. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're missing any one of these areas, you know, you got an untrained um, mm-hmm. assembly person, even even a new assembly person who's been uh, trained well, there's a possibility of high rate of failure from that line, mm-hmm. just that one issue alone. And then you've, if you got individuals that don't understand the big picture of how this product is going to be used, uh, and then they're developing, for example, test plan based on some uh, you know, um, old standard that doesn't apply for that product. And it pl- applies for a tank and airplane. And here it is, they're applying for this uh, consumer uh, electronics. You're going to run into all kinds of problems. I think, I think really um, it, this, you laid it out really well uh, for the audience. You know, the, the management need to understand what it is that they're building then they need to have a very consistent process that consistently uh, produces results on target. And then you're going to end up having a good product. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And yeah, you mentioned something that is <laughs> seems pretty, um, pretty basic, pretty innocuous. It's to, to have process discipline. Uh, actually people working to standard okay of, of course as you say there has to be a standard way of doing the work and people have to be trained to that standard for sure but then one of the first things when you walk into a factory and maybe yeah maybe it's an assembly workshop maybe that's where it's most obvious and and then you know are they actually working to standard you can you can look yeah, the, the work instructions, especially if there are photos and, and you know, a few drawings. And then sometimes you say, but no, he's not doing it the same way. Or, you know, he's doing this, 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 but he's not doing step number four or, or whatever, right? And they're like, oh, oh, yeah, right. Well, you know, the, the work instruction, you know, it's needs to be a whatever. You know, they, they might have some excuses. But really, the, the line leader should be on the spot to be like, hey, you you <laughs> yeah how right. come how come this operator is not working to standard what have you been doing what is your job you know because one of the main jobs of the line leader is to make sure that the you know standards are, are okay and people understand them are trained to them and actually uh, work to standard i mean this is pretty much the main uh, the main job of the line leader you know well and of course you said, you said something that really made me think of something else that happens a lot. And, mm-hmm. and that is, for example, you know, all the operators, everybody's still trained and doing well. But here's a guy who's supposed to uh, issue updates to the work instruction. And, mm-hmm. uh, and here it is, you know, he got either lazy or he got the information late. 
like mm. the night before and uh, he comes to work and all of a sudden people are saying the line is crashing the line is down everything is failing a uh, final test and they have no idea what's going on and then he realizes oh my god there was new uh, work instruction and i didn't mm. update it and right. of course you know it takes I a while uh, yes in, in, <laughs> until they find out what happens but by the time they find out who knows you know hundreds of these products and boards and assemblies oh, yeah. that have been done and and now somebody has to rework all of that because yeah. of one mistake oh yeah yeah right right and by the way why you know how comes it started production before readiness of all the elements or maybe they, they were not a they were not even made aware of that change yeah that's that's another big issue um right. And again, as as I said before, it, it can all be traced back to the management system. Uh, so that one really um, is the foundational, uh, foundational one. Okay. And then, yeah, let, let's go to to the third sort of pillar, if you want, is that you need to have well-designed products that are properly transferred to manufacturing. And as I said before, it's both an art and a science. So the art is about, okay, what exactly does the market want? And how, how, can, we, um, how can we make what they want? And, yeah, and a lot of our customers really are, are great at that, right? Uh, they come up with really innovative products, amazing products, and, uh, and, and, and we help them uh, cross the finish line, get it on, uh, into production and on the market. But that in itself, yeah, what they're doing is creating an amazing amount of value, right? Um, when in the end, of course, when the, the product does sell, does get market traction and so on. So that's kind of an art, okay? But you need somebody to, to have it. and Or maybe you work closely with some customers who, who do that very well. Uh, but the second part really is a must in the manufacturing organization, what I call transferring to manufacturing with, with low risk. Uh, that's what what we usually also call the, the new product introduction process. All right. So if <laughs> okay, we've we've heard so many, so many stories, disaster stories, right? About a company wherever, you know, in the US, they work with a, a design house and they do some of the design and then they get to a final prototype and they they fly to Shenzhen when it was still okay, or now they, they get on a Zoom call with a, um, a manufacturer and they say, here's the prototype, here's what it is, here's how it works, here's the all the CAD drawings, here's all the information we have, here's how it should work, you know, go ahead and, uh, you know, can you make it? Yeah, 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 okay, no problem. Any issues? How long is it going to take? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, we need a little bit of preparation, of course, and we need to order the materials. Maybe you know, give us one, one month before before we get all that. Okay, okay, great. Keep going. <laughs> and you know what happens there, right? The manufacturer says, okay, they look at the prototype and they're like, where can I buy you know this plastic part? Okay, I know. Where can I buy this board? And they're like, okay, I know. I'm going to farm it out to these guys. Where can I buy the, the batteries? Okay, over there. And where can I buy the and the packaging? Okay. So I I I send I, I cut some parts or whatever, I send it to the suppliers, they're gonna make their part. And then when it all comes to me, I just assemble, make sure the prototype works together nicely. 
and hopefully they, they, they do a, an engineering build before uh, just so that they, they actually know how to assemble it and they, they understand how, how it all comes on together and, and they can do some basic testing. And from the customer's point of view, it, it might look great, right? Okay, well, these guys are fast. They don't even charge me for the, you know, for sourcing the components. They already know all the suppliers. You know, it looks so easy. <laughs> and then, and then what happens, right? <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's an extremely high risk, I mean, especially with very new products that are very, yeah, really different from other products that they were making before. It's an extremely high risk of, um, of running into issues in, in, in mass production and also once the products are in the field, right? Yeah, and I think that you, you, you kind of brought another point that I think um, our listeners, uh, if they're entrepreneurs, they should really pay attention because if you got a product that um, is low volume and uh, you take it to a highly skilled uh, manufacturer, you know, they're going to ask for a lot of money to produce your product and, and they will produce it very well, but they will charge you a lot. Mm-hmm. So the pros on that situation is that, you know, the manufacturing uh, on that situation is uh, bulletproof. You know, it's a solid production. They have turned it into some kind of automation and, uh, uh, they know exactly what goes wrong and they can fix it right away. So the only thing that they're going to be, is going to be going wrong is going to be design related, which is your own design. Mm-hmm. And then maybe some component and supplier issues. However, they're going to charge you arm and a leg. Now the reverse is that, okay, you go to a uh, smaller production environment, smaller manufacturer, so they will charge you very fairly, but what you end up having is that they are not necessarily fully automated, uh, a lot of manual, a lot of areas that are not quite processed out and the consistent process. And so they will have some manufacturing issues, which will be combined which with your component and design issues, and then that's where the mayhem happens. Here it is. You have an issue. Nobody knows. Is it manufacturing? Is it production? Is it uh, supplier, component, design? What is it? And there's going to be a lot of, you know, finger pointing, production Mm -hmm. to the designer, designer to the production, and the production to the supplier of the component. There's just going to be a lot of that happening and then time wasted until they figure out exactly what happened. So, you pay, you get what you pay for sometimes. That's something that uh, entrepreneurs need to understand that you go with a smaller uh, manufacturer, you're going to be having some risk that you just have to be able to handle it. And on the other hand, you could also go for a manufacturer like ours where, you know, everyone is well-trained. Our processes are in order. Uh, We're not big enough, you know, like the, you know, the big boys, but big enough that uh, we know what is required to have a consistent, well-managed production environment. And and that is the key. They need to really get exactly what they're getting into. And then with that, 
they're going to have less risk. Right, right. And yeah, well said. And maybe some people are wondering, okay, what, what exactly makes all that difference? Is it just the same as, you know, good practices in manufacturing, as, as we mentioned on the, the second pillar? Uh, not exactly, right? It, new product introduction, it, it's really a process where you, uh, you, you have people, you know, reviewing the designs, challenging them, doing some, uh, some testing to failure to understand where the weaknesses are. And 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 um, and and iterating on on the design, you know, every time there are prototypes, they are tested. So over time, the the quality standard and the the testing plan gets defined and refined. So that is it's already relatively mature by the time it goes into mass production. There's there's all kinds of things like that, right? When you exactly. when you say okay, everything is ready and we have the tooling and we have the the, the testing plan and we have. We know exactly how to how to assemble it, and we have the, the packaging and everything. You still want to go very, um, you know, to, to go with little steps. Again, if it's a new product, uh, there might be some some issues, some risks that are not well understood yet until the the, the this new product is actually on the line, on the production line, being uh, being put together by operators, uh, being. Um, you know, using the same manufacturing processes, also the same testing stations as um, will be used in mass production. So you you do you know at least one pilot run uh, pre-production to be, before you go into mass production, and then you see if there are any critical issues, major issues. What do we do with that? Should we do a second run? Sometimes we do a second run, sometimes a third run, uh, because. Yeah, as you said, some issues are related to the, the readiness of the of, of the manufacturing processes. Some are related to the readiness of the testing stations, and some are, uh, you know, and some are, are related to, um, to to what the suppliers made. So um, that there's a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of components and materials coming from suppliers, and some of them might have some issues, especially if they're custom custom designed. Uh, for this product, um, and 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 of course, some issues might actually come from the design. Again, you know, some design issues that were not caught because sometimes they are very tricky. Sometimes they, um, you know, they they are not caught um, in certain circumstances, and then you get to be lucky to uh, to catch them early. Um, you know, it everything works fine. Um, except when it starts to be a little bit hot and humid and now the design doesn't allow us to to have the the process window you know to that doesn't allow us to set the parameters right for for example for plastic injection molding oh well the people who did the the, the design you know never really thought about that <laughs> and sometimes it's very oh, yeah. tricky well yeah so, i mean there, there are so many variables when it comes to mpi process mm-hmm. and all it takes is uh one short-sightedness and or uh, cutting corners in quality and reliability and testing because you don't have time and then then you're looking for trouble at the end um a lot i think that the one that really i have seen over and over happening at least in the past is um when uh project managers and or um basically product owners they will look at the product and they will say, no, we really don't need to test that many samples. No, we really don't need to do so many testing. No, we don't need to do 
uh, that <laughs> particular test case for the reliability right. because it's costly and time consuming or takes too much samples. And it takes just someone who is not uh, an expert in that area, but they have uh, power to stop that progress on that area. And it takes that alone would, would basically stifle the whole project. Um, I've, what I've seen a lot yes. is, when, you know, you've, you've got um, a very knowledgeable reliability engineer or manager who writes a very detailed, comprehensive reliability test plan. And then, of course, you know, when you, when you got a complicated project and you definitely need to test uh, all aspects of what could happen in the field so that you can prevent it from happening and then uh, have a solution for it and fix it in the, uh, during the MPI process. However, uh, when, when such a comprehensive uh, plan wants sometimes, you know, uh, well, you know, it all depends on who wrote it and what the product is. Sometimes the comprehensive plan is lengthy. You end up having, for example, uh, maybe uh, 40, 50 test cases that could take three weeks to do it. And mm -hmm. on the other hand, maybe it's not necessarily a duration of the test, but it's just the kind of test that you have to do. They're complicated and cost more because it takes uh, a certain equipment to do very proper testing. For example, functional testing while the environment is changing or halt testing and ass testing. And so when you're doing these kind of tests, if you don't have very knowledgeable team, either on the MPI side or management side, who don't support those kind of tests, you end up having all kinds of failures in the field. Mm -hmm. Almost game. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. And when these failures lead to potential safety issues, then... Yes. You're no longer you, you 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 not only have a, a warranty cost and return cost and reputation cost issue. Maybe you can mention some of those that has happened in the past uh, for our audience. Some of the oh, serious I mean, catastrophic failures, reliability failures. Yeah, the, I mean the um, <laughs> usually yeah usually we 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 talk about the the Boeing seven three seven Max. Yes, <laughs> or the. Um, so many Samsung people Note 7. Yeah, they, they lost billions of dollars and lost oh, yeah. a huge amount of customers. And if it was anybody, any any other company, they would have been out of business for the amount of money they lost. I think right. it, it was $5 billion what actually observed and calculated, but in reality, it was probably a, a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. In Samsung, yes, yes, right. Um, okay, so... I think, yeah, thanks. So I think we, we did a nice job covering all this. Um, and one last, just a last comment I would make is that some factories where the second pillar about manufacturing processes are good, but the, 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 the third one about engineering and bringing new, product, new products to, to production is poor. And some others where it's the opposite. And then you have, you have some cases where, you know, maybe the engineers are, really great and the products are really uh, forward-looking but then they keep having quality issues and rework and so on because on the manufacturing side uh, they're not good uh, and and in some other cases they might be very good very disciplined 
on the on the manufacturing side, which is kind of a daily repetitive work with a lot of preventive actions and things like that. Maybe they do that very well, but maybe the their um, people who develop the new products they they don't do a good job, and then that creates all kinds of issues coming right. from left and right, and the poor manufacturing people are really suffering from that. <laughs> So. Yeah, you know, the one one more important thing that I think I just remembered that our audience might might be wondering, okay, so how do we do this so that everything works together? Well, uh, first off, you have to make sure that you have well designed product, well tested, and um, you know it's a good product going into production. Then you need to make sure that you have suppliers that are audited and um, uh, into in. I'm talking about well audited in auditing uh, principles, you know, how, uh, for example, your supplier is capable, technical and everything. And then production, the same way, you you know, you you need to make sure your manufacturer has been audited properly for their capability for building your product. And they have actual capability to in in consistency. And uh, let's say um, been uh, proven by other customers that they have uh, that they can build uh, real good products. And then you are going to lower your risks of having uh, bigger issues in the long run. Yeah, that's a nice, uh, nice summary. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. We, we, um, yeah, we, we're running to the end of the episode here. Th- thanks a lot, Andrew. That's, My pleasure. Uh, that, 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 that was a nice, uh, nice, nice discussion, I hope that our listeners found it uh, helpful. And um, so, by the way, to the people who listen, uh, if you listen to this on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and so on, please just log in that app and give us a five-star review and maybe a little comment. That really helps um, keep us motivated to, to to put out this free content out there with no sponsor, no, no, no um, you know, we, we, we do this... Um, to, to help the community, to help people learn, but we need a little bit of feedback, a little bit of encouragement, right? Cool. <laughs> uh, and um, on that note, uh, again, thanks again, Andrew. And um, to the listeners, well, we'll take a little break around the holiday season because usually people don't really listen to many business podcasts. And after that, you will hear from us in January. Okay, well, have a great day, everybody. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to this podcast brought to you by the Sophies Group. We're on a mission to provide you with everything you need to manufacture effectively in Asia, including inspections, auditing, new product development support, contract manufacturing, 3PL warehousing and fulfillment, and much, much more across Asia's key manufacturing areas. Visit us at sophiest.com. That's S-O-F-E-A-S-T dot com to learn more and get help. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do rate, review and share because it will really help others discover us too.